in his return to the PGA Tour winner's circle. Been a long time coming. Masters Week. Masters Week. It's Masters Week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's Masters Week. I'm Arjun McCullough. Welcome to Teeing Off on the best week of the year. It's Super Bowl week. It's Christmas week. It's the best week in the golf calendar. And I'll get right into the Masters in Augusta. But first, got to talk about Ian Poulter winning the Shalhoub Snow Open, punching his ticket to Augusta, which I'm not a big fan of. But I'll get into that. That's right. Ian Poulter needed a win to get into the Masters and... Although it looked like he might not do it, he did it. So Ian Polder will be at the Masters at Augusta. And the way he's playing, it looks like he's going to have a chance. Uh, recapping that final round, he was going up against local favorite Bo Hosler from the Houston area. A uh, young guy, we saw him, I forget which major it was, but he burst on the scene in one of the majors a while, a couple years ago when he was like 15. Um, anyways, Bo Hosler's still at it. He battled Poulter down the stretch. Uh, going into the final round, they were actually tied. Looked like uh, it was going to be a battle down the stretch. It was a battle down the stretch. Poulter, though, coming up to the final green. Hostler was up by one. Hostler had a long birdie putt to win the tournament. He missed that barely. Then Poulter had his long birdie putt. He nailed it. Check out the reaction, though. That guy is a psychopath sometimes, but he's a good golfer, and you can't deny that he's clutch. He's a good putter uh, when it comes down to it. So good for Poults, I guess. They go into the playoff, and Hostler, I'm not going to say he imploded, but he put his drive into the bunker, his approach went into the bunker, and then his third shot from the bunker went into the water. So he pretty much handed Poulter the win at that point, but got into the playoff at least. So good for Poulter, I guess. He will... Make it into Augusta, as I mentioned. The only way he was going to get there is to win after uh, he thought he was in at the match play. He was told he was in, but he wasn't actually. So I guess that's uh, a little bit of karma. But it's his first win since 2012, so good for Poulter. Hasn't won in a long time. You'd think he'd won because, um, A, his confidence. Um, B, we just remember how good he is in the Ryder Cup and everything. So you'd think he must have won since 2012. But nope, it's been six years. So good for Poulter, I guess. There was, though... Uh, I'm not going to lie and say it was the most exciting tournament. It really wasn't. It was good that down the stretch there was a good battle between Poulter and Hostler because there was really some bad golf played in that final round and that entire tournament, uh, really, if we're being honest. And it wasn't just, you know, no-name guys. It was the top of the pack. Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler played some of the worst golf, or at least hit some of the worst shots I've seen on the PJ Tour in a while. Um, case in point, this just... Terrible four putt by Ricky Fowler. That's a misread. I thought that putt was always going right. At 13, Fowler coming back for bogey, and this has been a disaster here. And if this goes in, it'll be two double bogeys. Oh, I believe this. I mean, seriously, this is like crazy. That's too bad. Hate to see somebody do that in eight. Not pretty. Hopefully he gets rid of that going into Augusta. They just do that once around Augusta and you're screwed. So speaking of which, the tournament takeaways uh, going into Augusta, aside from the obvious Poulter winning and making into Augusta, 
Uh, going where a lot of us are watching Jordan Spieth's putting for the week. He, he finished well. He had a good tournament, but do 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 do. Yeah, it was Poulter, Hostler, and then Spieth and Grillo finished tied third. So it's, Spieth finished tied third, but that is with uh, Spieth gaining thirteen point eight strokes tee to green, and then he lost three point two strokes putting. So we were all watching his putting come in. It looked there were moments where it was good. His lag putting was fine, but. He's just missing way too many short putts. I mean, losing three over three strokes game to the field at this event, not not a good sign for Jordan, but he does kind of own things around Augusta, so obviously not going to write him off going to Augusta, but that's not a good sign. Uh, Phil Mickelson coming in really hot. He had a first, a sixth, a second, and a fifth coming into the week uh, in his prior few starts, but he finished uh, 24th. He shot a five around 67, five under, so he finished strong. He's looking good going into Augusta. On the opposite end of uh, Jordan, he had 4.6 strokes gained putting at the shell, so his putting's looking good. Uh, maybe just a little, not the sharpest the first few rounds, but brought it back in the final round. So look out for Phil uh, this week. Another guy coming in hot was Henrik Stenson. Uh, he had another top 10. His last five starts were a 6th, a 4th, a 2nd, and a 17th. Uh, so he's another guy that's going to come down to putting. Henrik, obviously... Probably the best uh, off the tee. He doesn't even need to hit driver. He hits a lot of three woods that he just cranks out there. And uh, he hits a lot of fairways, a lot of greens. It, it all comes down to his putting every week, pretty much, for Henrik. Uh, Justin Rose, he has been on an absolute tear. He didn't have the best week uh, finishing 52nd, but his numbers were just fine. So he's a guy that uh, I'm going to get into the Masters favorites and all that in a little bit. But he is a guy definitely going to need to look out for. So... All in all, Shell Houston Open. Don't need to spend too much time on it. Congratulations to Ian Poulter. He came in wanting to win to get to Augusta. He won. He got to Augusta. Sucks for Bo Hostler, a local guy. Could have got into Augusta. Didn't. But nonetheless, good for Ian. Crazy psychopathic tendencies of a person sometimes. But he is well-spoken. He's good for golf. And it will certainly make things a little more interesting, whether you like him or not. So congratulations to Ian Poulter on winning the Shell Houston. All right, I don't have too many other uh, things to get into before the Masters, so I'm going to dive deep on the Masters. But uh, I do want to, I mentioned last week, I'm reading the Tiger, the new Tiger book. So uh, until I'm done that and I do a full report on it, I'm going to read like an excerpt every week to uh, keep you updated on some interesting Tiger Woods facts. Uh, got, my, got my Tiger shirt on this week. I'm ready. Next Sunday's great again. Let's go. Tiger, here's the book. All right, so this is from right at the very beginning of the book. Um, starts off with Tiger and Elon, the night of the Escalade crash. Uh, starts off with what they did, essentially the end of his uh, miraculous run, and uh, it ends with that. Sorry, it starts with that and then goes right into the beginning of his life. So, <clears throat> so here's a little... little uh, Details of what went on that night. After, uh, basically, after Elon grabs Tiger's phone because he's sleeping, uh, he, well, he's, he's taking these sleeping pills. She takes his phone. She texts Rachel. You could tell the girl that she believes he's having an affair with. She is, and uh, she texts back. Blah blah blah. Elon freaks out, and here we go. Wearing nothing but shorts and a t-shirt, Woods emerged from the house into the forty-degree air. Elon reportedly gave chase with a golf club in hand. In an attempt to get away, Tiger hustled into his Cadillac Escalade 
and sped out the driveway, immediately crossing over a concrete curb and onto a grass median. Serving hard to his left, he crossed Deacon Circle, jumped a curb, grazed a row of hedges, soared back across the road, and collided with a fire hydrant before plowing into a tree in his next-door neighbor's yard. Swinging the club, Elon shattered the rear driver's side and rear passenger's side windows. Kimberly Harris woke to the knocking sound of a sputtering engine. Looking out the window, she saw a black SUV at the bottom of her driveway. The front end was crumpled against a tree, and the lone remaining headlight was shining at the house. Worried, she woke her 27-year-old brother, Jarius Adams. I don't know who's outside, she told him, but I think you need to go out there and find out what's happening. Adams walked cautiously out the front door, trying to process what he was seeing. Woods was lying flat on his back on the pavement. He was shoeless, unconscious, and bleeding from the mouth. There was broken glass on the driveway and a bent golf club beside the vehicle. Sniffling, Elin hovered over her husband. Tiger, she whispered, gently shaking his shoulders. Tiger, are you okay? Crouching down, Adams observed that Tiger was asleep, snoring. His lip was cut. His teeth were bloodstained. Please help me, Elin said. I don't have a phone with me. Will you call someone? Adams ran back inside and yelled to his sister to get blankets and pillows. Tiger is down, he told her. Then he ran back outside and called 911. Dispatcher, 911, what's your emergency? Adams, I need an ambulance immediately. I have someone down in front of my house. Dispatcher, sir, is it a car accident? Adams, yes. Dispatcher, now, are they trapped inside the vehicle? Adams, no, they're lying on the ground now. Dispatcher, medical is on the line, sir, okay? Adams, I have a neighbor. He hit the tree, and we came out here just to see what was going on. I see him, and he's lying down. Dispatcher, are you able to tell if he's breathing? Adams, no, I can't tell right now. Suddenly, Caltito Woods emerged from Tiger's house, as Tiger's mom, and ran towards the scene. What happened, she yelled. We're trying to figure that out, Adams told her. I'm on the phone with the police right now. Cheers in her eyes, Caltita turned to Elin. Soon they heard a siren and saw blue lights approaching. A Windermere Police Department cruiser pulled up, followed by an ambulance, a sheriff, and a Florida Highway Patrolman. Paramedics checked Tiger's vital signs and started testing for paralysis, attempting to generate movement by stimulating his left foot. Groaning, Tiger opened his eyes, only for his pupils to roll back in his head while his eyelids remained open. All that was visible were the whites of his eyes. As the paramedics hoisted Tiger's gurney into the ambulance and sped off, Caltita's question lingered in the air. What happened? Why had Tiger Woods fled his home in the middle of the night? And how did the most celebrated athlete of our time end up looking lifeless on the side of the road? Within days, the world would be asking far more troubling questions. The answers, much like the man, proved to be complicated. And when retracing a twisted journey, the best place to start is the beginning. That's just a little excerpt from the beginning of the book. Uh, I don't know. I'm, let's see, 120 pages in. And so far, uh, amazing anecdotes. A lot of really, really interesting stuff. Mostly about Tiger's childhood at this point. Uh, I'm not going to spoil too much. But really, main takeaway at this point, Tiger's dad, Earl, he was an asshole. Uh, Yeah, he was an asshole. I'll just leave it at that for now. Yup, yup, Masters Week, fresh cut, tiger shirt, bit of an important week for me, you could say. Alright, first things first, prior to the week, some youngsters took part in the drive, chip, and putt finals at Augusta. Uh, I'm not going to go too in-depth on that, but it's always really fun to watch these kids, they just love it. Uh, I can't imagine, just, I still haven't been, so I still can't actually imagine, but driving up uh, Magnolia Lane, going to Augusta, all that as a kid, oh, just must be, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty damn jealous I didn't have those opportunities when I was a kid, but uh, that it's always good to see 
I mean, the fist pumps, the smiles. Uh, it's funny to watch the parents of the kids too, because they're like, oh my God, I'm at Augusta. Um, just uh, really, really cool. They're, all, they're showing stuff on, all week on the Golf Channel. So uh, if you missed that, be sure to check that out. It's really, really um, heartwarming, to be honest. Just, just going to put that out there. Um, next, moving on from the kids, uh, the ticket prices this year at Augusta are insane. The usual price for a practice round is 75 bucks base value. Base value of a competition round is 115 bucks. Well, uh, this year things are a little different. Let's see. Pull out my trusty notebook. The average price on StubHub for a Thursday ticket is $1,862. That is up 9% from last year. The cheapest ticket is a $470 ticket that's for the monday practice round and the average week pass five thousand seven hundred fifty two dollars which is up an average of 18 percent or sorry which is up 18 percent from the average ticket price of last year um kind of obvious as to why tiger and all these other great players that are playing great right now um bit annoying sort of for like the real fan that's not I want to say real fan because a lot of real fans are rich but for a lot of golf fans that aren't rich that's you just can't there's no way you can go see the Masters at those prices um, one thing I have heard though actually is if you you can't really do this if you're traveling down there but if you live around there or if you're a kid you just go you wait till like four in the afternoon and then when as people are leaving you ask them if you can buy their ticket off them uh, if you're a kid they'll usually just give it to you but you can get in like half price, quarter of the price that way if you're in the area. Um, other than that, though, pretty priced for the rich. But the one thing I will say is if once you get in the course, um, everything's super cheap. The drinks are cheap. The food's cheap. So I'm not blaming Augusta or the Masters for this because they try and have reasonable $75 for practice on $115 for competitive round. That's reasonable. It's uh, it's the resale and stuff out in the secondary market, all that. You can't really uh, blame that, plus the tagger effect. Not too surprising. It's a perfect storm for uh, crazy prices. The field and the course are simply the best of the best. I'm going to start off with the murderer's row. I'll get into everything, but just look at just look at the players that are in the field this week. Um, the murderer's row of <clears throat> Tiger, Rory, Phil, DJ, Jordan, and Justin Thomas. And they're all playing well. They all come in either with wins or top fives recently, uh, and they all... All are playing good, and it is a doozy. Mix in the best course that's played every year. The tradition, as Jim Nance would put it, a tradition unlike any other. You can certainly make the case as the hardest major to win because of everything comes around it, comes with it. A uh, lot of pressure everywhere. Let's look around. Let's, already, let's take a look at the news that's been coming out of the grounds at Augusta already. Uh, it's just Tuesday, but there's already been... Some things. Uh, Monday, Tiger played a practice round with Justin Thomas and Freddie Couples. Uh, nice to see Tiger's playing with uh, his buddies still. Uh, that would have been extremely entertaining to watch. Apparently, all of them were hitting great shots. There were some huge roars going around Augusta. Uh, Freddie and JT had a couple quotes. Uh, Freddie, if you watched him play today, there's not much of a back problem. He's hitting it a long way, and it looks beautiful. Today wasn't any different than it was 10 years ago when I played with him. It was pretty awesome, end quote. Justin Thomas, no matter where Woods goes, it's unbelievably loud and it's really cool. It's even cooler here. That's the thing about this place. There's no other tournament you hear the roars in a practice round. 
Pretty cool. Uh, Freddie will also play nine holes today with Tiger and Phil. So Tiger, Phil, and Freddie uh, and Thomas Peters are all going to play today. Another practice round. Freddie says, I think Thomas and I will just hang out and watch. Yeah, I'm sure Tiger and Phil will have some money and some bragging rights on the line for that practice round. Um, There were... uh, couple interesting things about Tiger said in uh, practice rounds on, sorry, in the media center and whatnot. Last week, remember, uh, Bubba made comments about saying that if he's at his best, he thinks he could be Tiger. I'm sure Tiger thinks the same thing. Well, J-Day in his presser on Monday, he discussed Tiger and how everyone's sort of focusing on him. Uh, I think everyone's kind of solely focused on Tiger and what he's going to do here and seeing if he can get to number 15, major 15, that is. But that's fine with us. That's fine with me. I can just focus on what I need to try and do and win this tournament. Tiger's Tiger, but I think the biggest thing for me is I can't beat myself. But Jason wasn't done there. Finishing with, I think on my good day, I've got a good chance of beating him. I honestly believe that. I think there's 10, 20 other guys out there that honestly believe they can beat Tiger. So interesting as I said that guys will be talking about this now when guys would never have mentioned beating Tiger in the past. But then again, think about it. You can't really go out there thinking, oh, Tiger's going to beat me. A, Tiger hasn't won any tournaments since he's come back. And B, even if Tiger was winning every week, you can't go into something with the mindset that you're not going to beat him or else what are you doing there, right? Uh, final odds have changed a little bit. Since uh, last week, Tiger was a favorite. It's now changed a little bit, uh, reflected in people actually betting a lot more. So these are the updated odds courtesy of the Westgate. 10 to 1, the favorites. There are four favorites at 10 to 1. DJ, Jordan Spieth, Roy McIlroy, and Justin Thomas. Tiger has dropped to 12 to 1, so he's now the fifth favorite. Uh, 14 to 1, we have Justin Rose. 16 to 1, Phil Mickelson, Ricky Fowler, and Bubba Watson. At 18 to 1, John Rahm, Jason Day. 25 to 1, Paul Casey. 30 to 1, defending champion Sergio Garcia, Hideki Matsuyama, Henrik Stenson, and Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, goes down, I'll read a little bit more. 40 to 1, Matt Kuchar, Alex Noren, Patrick Reed, and Mark Leishman. Uh, skips uh, 100 to 1. We've got Zach Johnson, Ryan Moore, Russell Henley, Brandon Grace, Kevin Kistner, Patrick Hanley, Webb Simpson. A lot of big names, a lot of big money to be made there. Uh, even, I would find it interesting that uh, favorites, and I mean, it makes sense when you really think about it, but it's interesting when you think that the favorites are 10 to 1. If you have, some, if you have 100 bucks you want to mess around with, make some good money there. Um, something to note, aside from the odds, is that with a win... Anyone, uh, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, or Jordan Spieth, they can actually take over the number one spot in the world ranking from Dustin Johnson. That obviously depends on how Dustin Johnson plays, but uh, lots up for grabs this week. It's crazy how much, like, there's just a million storylines, a million of them, and I think no matter how the week goes, unless Tiger and a bunch of other guys miss the cut, there's pretty much no chance this isn't going to be a great week, or I guess if someone not named Tiger completely runs away with the event. Eh, I don't want to see that no one wants to see that but uh other than that pretty much bound to having a great week um let's see what the guys are gonna wear this week i usually couldn't care less um except for tiger sunday red i care about that every single week but uh come on you know you want to know what shade of red tiger's gonna wear you know you want to know if ricky's gonna wear orange maybe someone's gonna wear some crazy phil once in a while or something a little crazy you know you want to check it out so let's have a look here let's look at the Outfits. Uh, da, da, da. 
Master scripting, here we go. Sergio Garcia. Got a nice little, uh, little green, white, green and white, some blue. It's a nice looking outfit. Um, got Ricky Fowler. Ricky is not wearing any orange, but I mean, check out those shoes, they're pretty cool. Uh, pretty simple for Ricky. Uh, just a plain, plain uh, gray, but he's got the orange hat and orange belt going on Sunday. Um, Tiger. Tiger's going, uh, well, this doesn't really tell us much from that picture, but also there's no way that's Tiger because Tiger doesn't have tattoos on his neck. <laughs> um, that's disappointing. Jordan Spieth, Under Armour, so he's got his, uh, do, 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 another pretty simple, his Friday shirt's a little interesting. DJ, similar with Adidas, similar to, uh, Sergio, uh, nice little striped shirt on Sunday, that'll be good look with the green jacket, Rory McIlroy, looks like the Nike guys aren't putting out, like, whole, uh, uh, pictures of their entire outfits, whereas the Adidas guys are, um, so that's a little disappointing, John Rahm, Another Adidas guy, he's gonna rock the burnt orange on Sunday. Reggie DeChambeau. Got a couple of green shirts, a blue shirt, a gray shirt. Won't go too much further into this. Jason Day. Another Nike guy, I can't see too much. Justin Thomas, last year he had a cool uh, kind of throwback stuff in the PGA, I believe. This year he, uh, I like these drawings that he's got going for him. But yeah, another kind of cool throwback-ish on the Saturday. He's got the scarf. Um, Pop collar, polo, style, normal, uh, the rest of the days. So he's going to go on Sunday with a, looks like some kind of yellowy beige pants and a blue shirt. So I'll leave it at that for the master scripting. If you want to see more of that, you can go to golfweek.com. They have the all the master scripting there. Um, so that's that. Now back to reality. Um, so yeah, let's take a little bit of a closer look at the one constant every year, the chorus. Get serious here for a minute. Nearly every golf fan has a favorite hole or memory at Augusta National. Whether you've won there several times like Jack Nicholas, or you've just watched it on your couch a few times like myself, more than a few times, but on a Sunday afternoon, there is an undeniable aura to the Masters. An aura that only grows stronger with each passing year. Personally, my top three holes and Masters memories are as follows. Number three, hole number 16. Two words. The chip. I don't really have to say more than that, uh, other than this is a stunning par three that has produced arguably the best moment in Masters history. But yeah, we all remember Tiger's chip, the Nike logo, resting on the lip, rolling in. I mean, doesn't get any better than that. Aside from that, though, the big slope on the right side that funnels balls down to the left, uh, that's incredible. The traditional Sunday pin location, uh, it's always good for excitement. Often we get a hole in one or kicking birdies, something of that nature. So that's always great. Number two, my second favorite hole would be number 12. This is another par three. It's a short one, but it's a tough one. Remember Jordan Spieth rinsing away a four-stroke lead here? That was not fun to watch. Or Fred Couples' ball hanging on the bank. That was fun to watch. This might be, just might be, the toughest short par three in the world. But with the Azaleas, the crowd right on top of the tee box, the swirling winds, you have no idea where it's going, and the back nine pressure. Mix that all in. I love it. And my favorite hole, my favorite hole at Augusta National, hole number 13. 
for both the beauty and the challenge, the par 5 13th is a winding dogleg left that is the culmination of Amen's Corner. With a good drive, guys can get it on in two and potentially make an eagle. Probably not because it's a really crazy putting surface, but with a poor drive, as we saw last year from Sergio, your entire round or tournament could fall apart. Luckily, Sergio was, uh, I mean, not luckily, his skill. He took it up last year in the final round. He hit his drive left into the Azalea bus. You can't go left there. He did. He took an unplayable. We all thought he was done, but he had an unbelievable up and down for par, and then Justin Rose missed a short birdie putt, so they tied the hole. Huge momentum swing. Um, you may also recall Phil hitting a certain shot from the Pines there a few years ago, but I digress. All right, now for the field, starting with Dagger, my man, Dagger Woods. I mentioned his partners for the practice rounds this week and the comments coming out of Monday. Tiger also mentioned on his website this week that he is, quote, just there to win and, quote, a walking miracle. Cool. Tiger, of course, has four green jackets, but he's only played here three times since 2012, finishing 40th, 4th, and 17th. That being said, his last three starts this season have resulted in a 5th, a 2nd, and a 12th, so he is obviously in good form coming in. His short game will need to continue beyond. Uh, it's looked really good lately, but the real factor is going to be his long play, especially off the tee. Uh, we've seen Tiger have sex, success. We've, apparently, he's had a lot of sex, too. But we've seen him having success with laying back off the tee, hitting some three woods, hitting uh, his his patented stinger. Um, but he's going to have to use that short game skill to sort of compensate for his poor driving skills. Um, Augusta's a lot more difficult to maneuver with long irons. Um, you want to have short irons coming in, so he's going to have to hit the driver off the tee. Um, so that's going to be the big club. And, of course, the putter is going to need to work, but that goes for everyone. Phil Mickelson. I mentioned his hot play as of late. He finally broke through with the win in Mexico, uh, which was his fifth top six finish. Fifth top six finish in 2018 already. Uh, played really well, so win would be... Nice for Phil, but it would also make him the oldest of all Masters champions, uh, breaking Jack Nicholas's record that he set in 1986. Phil is another guy that's going to be relying heavily on a short game because he can spray it quite a bit with the driver, too. Rory McIlroy. Rory comes in looking to complete the career Grand Slam. He's won all three other majors quite a while ago now, so he needs the Masters to complete that. Uh, it's obviously weighing on his mind, but after the way he played up Bay Hill, he knows at least that if he's on... He's probably going to win. So must be in a decent mindset coming in. Uh, Justin Rose, he had a mediocre week last week. He finished 52nd or so, uh, but he's absolutely killing it this year. Since winning his first event of the year, the twenty his first, his first start of the year, he won the WGC HSBC Champions. He's since, or including that, he has four top 10s. Four top 10s in six events. Mix that with six straight top 25s at Augusta including a second last year, a tenth the year before that, and a second the year before that. So two runners-up in the last three years. And you've got to consider Justin Rose to be one of the favorites, if not the most likely first-time Masters winner this week. So what I mean by that is most likely guy to be the first to slip on a green jacket. So no Tiger, no guy that's won it before. But Justin Rose looks like he is poised to break through. Some other big names, obviously, Dustin Johnson. He's the world number one. He's hoping to keep that world number one title. He was forced to withdraw last year after he allegedly slipped and missed, missed a step or something like that and slipped in his rental home. 
I do not buy that for a second that that's what happened, but whatever. One day we'll find out. Jordan Spieth, he's not having the best season so far, but he's looking to keep his good ball striking going uh, and simply just get hot with the putter. He, a little strange, he's four, he's only made four, well, only he's young as heck. He's had four starts in the Masters. Those starts have been, last year he was 11th. Before that, he had a second, a win, and a second. So three starts that were a win and a second and an 11th. Those are his four starts. But it seems like until he wins the Masters again, that crash, the stumble on 12 from 2016, seems like that's sort of be going to be what people associate with Jordan and Augusta. Uh, fairly or unfairly, he's got a bit of demons. Um, he also has some really good history here. So he's going to be probably the most interesting um, in terms of he could miss the cut, he could win. Nobody knows. Justin Thomas, he is probably the player of the year so far. Um, he's playing in his first playing in his first major since winning last year's PGA. Uh, so JT is definitely one of the favorites this week. As I said, coming off, everyone's last major that they played was the one Justin won. So they're going to make it two in a row. He doesn't have them a best track record here at Augusta, 22nd and 39th in his only two starts. But with seven wins since the start of last season, I don't think that's going to be too much of an issue. He's played a lot of good golf on a lot of tough courses. I don't have time to go through everyone in the field, but I mean, whew, John Rahm, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Paul Casey, Bubba Watson, Sergio, Henrik Stenson, Ian Poulter. The list of names of guys that could legitimately win, it goes on and on and on. And on the other end of it, though, despite it being a small field, there are guys you can eliminate from contention. Um, this is sort of what I meant by potentially the easiest and also the hardest major. It's a short field with a lot of very top-heavy guys on a really, really hard course. So that's what's hard, but it also makes it easier because it's a short field and a lot of the guys that are in the event don't even have a chance. Uh, guys like uh, former winners, first-time players, certain invitees. Uh, sorry, but Mike Weir. Sorry. Uh, Ian Woosnam. Jose Maria Olafable, Marco Mira, Larry Mize, Sandy Lyle, etc., etc. Uh, there's a lot of older guys that <clears throat> you can just take out of contention right away. Um, so of the 87 players, you can pretty quickly narrow it down to uh, about 40 guys that have a realistic shot of winning. But any of those 40 guys could do it. That's the difference between now and any other time in golf history. I mean, in Jack's day... Uh, people complain that Tiger doesn't have rivals or didn't have rivals, but in Jack's day, he did have rivals, but that's because there was only like five guys in the field that could win every week. Um, if Jack was playing decent, there's only five guys really that could take him down. Um, when Tiger first came on a tour, that had changed a little bit. Still, it was maybe like 15, 20 guys could. Now, I mean, and this week's a little different because of the shortened field, but um, now because of the quality of players everywhere in golf, the parity on tour is incredible. Almost everyone that enters any PGA Tour event has a chance to win. Um, so that is an interesting thing for this week, but also an interesting thing for uh, just in general for the PGA Tour to think of when people are putting down Tiger as, oh, he'll never be back, he'll never win every event. No one's ever going to do that because the, the fields are just so ridiculously even and the guys are so good. They're such good athletes now. But if you're trying to get a feel of which of those 40 guys, uh, trying to narrow that down a little more, seeing who's going to have a better chance to contend, well, the recipe to get around Augusta, it's usually something like 
this. A player must have good course history. No one's really won here without uh, playing. No, well, no one has ever won here in their first time. No one's ever really won here without having good history or at least coming close before. Um, you got to be in good current form. You got to like won an event early in the year or be playing while coming in. That's something we've obviously always seen. Um, and stats wise, the most I think it's been I want to say since they started this stat five years ago or so, um, every winner has been in the top seven um, for the season in strokes gained tee to green. So, I mean, that is uh, that's one you basically need to have. Uh, but with those, if you mix in these, it'll help. These next ones will aren't necessities, but they're very much would help guys if they want to be in contention. Um, strong greens and regulation. You need to hit your greens around here. You're not going to be able to get up and down and missing the greens. Driving distance. Uh, you, I mentioned earlier, having short irons into these these holes makes a huge difference. A lot of courses. Um, the driver gets taken out of guy's hands off the tee, or um, it doesn't make a huge difference because you can run a shot in or or play play off certain angles. But here, the spin and the and the precision needed, uh, you really it does benefit it benefit a guy to hit the ball a long way. Uh, avoiding bogeys, bogey avoidance is something that uh, any any hard tournament you really want to look at bogey avoidance. But here, guys that are able to get up and down are able to scramble, able to. Uh, salvage shots, that's huge. And stroke gain approach, um, sort of alluded to it, but you need to be, A, hitting your greens in regulation and B, getting as close to the hole as possible, giving yourself a chance to make putts around here. That's all you can ask for is a chance. Um, yeah. I'm going to go through all of those numbers and all of that tonight, go through the field, the numbers, everything. I'm going to crunch that, so I'll have my official Masters blog with picks out on Wednesday by then, we will know how Sergio Garcia's Champions Dinner went as well. Every year, the previous year's winner hosts a dinner for all previous champions, and they get to choose the menu. This year, Sergio went with, let me pull this up here, international salad as an appetizer, inspired by ingredients representing countries of Masters Champions. For the main course, Arroz Caldoso de Bogavante, Keep in mind, Sergio is Spanish, but that translates to traditional Spanish lobster race. And for dessert, Angela Garcia, his new wife, Angela Garcia's Tres Leches cake. So it's Tres Leches, ice cream, and Esperna. Yes. That will be uh, served with two of Sergio's uh, preferred wines. I'm not going to even try and read those. And, yes, that is Sergio Garcia's Masters Club dinner. Um, doesn't sound too appealing to me. I liked when Tiger had milkshakes and cheeseburgers when he won in 97. But uh, really the best, the most important thing of that is the stories that come out of there, just to be a fly on the wall in that room. Uh, whew, something I will always be forever jealous of, but will never, ever get to be a part of. So yeah, that dinner takes place Tuesday night, and the other tradition on Wednesday before the actual tournament starts is the Par 3 contest. Now, no one has ever won both the Par 3 contest and the green jacket, so we can usually see some high drinks, some uh, putting your ball into the water, letting someone else hit for you, et cetera, et cetera, down the stretch for guys that are in contention, but really it's all about the family. Uh, there's always some cute kids, some, well, hot wives uh, to entertain those watching. Uh, yeah, I mentioned last week, it'll be interesting to see who Tiger brings with him, if he's got his kids, if he's got his girlfriend, 
um, who he's going to be paired with. That'll be very interesting. Really, all the tradition and all the beauty of the course makes this, it's just just the best week. It's the best week on the calendar, and I cannot wait. If we somehow get two or more of the big dogs, the big dogs. (laughs) We get two or more of the big dogs in contention on Sunday down the back nine. It is going to be an event. I cannot wait. Next week, I'm driving down to Hilton Head for the RBC Heritage, so I'm not exactly sure what my podcast schedule will be for the week, but I will be putting out lots of stuff from inside and outside the ropes, uh, so look out for that. I'm pretty pumped about these two weeks. It's going to be really good. Plus, we've got the NHL and NBA playoffs starting up. Let's go Leafs. Let's go Raps. It's our year, hopefully. One of those teams. Um, yeah, it's the best time of the year. Goes without saying, but... Regardless, enjoy Masters Week. It comes but once a year, so make sure to enjoy it. Uh, Take it all in. I'm Arjun McCullough, and I'll talk to you next week.